0: Welcome back to the Eat Me in St. Louis podcast, the podcast that reviews restaurants in and around St. Louis. My name is Nick. Francie, we discussed you going second.
1: Well, then I guess I'm Francie.
0: And <laughs> <But> I'm Travis. <laughs> Today we're going to be talking about St. Louis Kitchen on Manchester. Nope, we are not. Oh, uh, St. Louis Kitchen on Kings Highway. Nope. Natural
2: Bridge. Not that one. Kitchen 4am. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Kitchen sink? <laughs> <laughs> Way off. <laughs> Kathy's kitchen. No, that's like totally different cuisine. <laughs> Ella's. Kitchen. No. The the kitchen. <laughs> oh, the kitchen. Okay. Yes, the kitchen right. in Florissant, Missouri. Thai kitchen in Florissant. No, that's uh, if you. Uh, yeah, I I tried to search for the kitchen in Florissant, and it takes you to Thai kitchen. So it's the kitchen in St. Louis.
0: Okay. It's a hard place to find if you're just trying to Google it. The name, The Kitchen, isn't exactly SEO compliant. But yeah, Thai Kitchen. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Still off. The Kitchen in Florissant on New Hall's Ferry Road. But before we talk about it, how are you guys
2: doing? I'm doing great. I had the opportunity to try one of my favorite kind of places in St. Louis, um, which I lovingly refer to as a hole in the wall. Um, because it's literally a window in the side of a building. Um, I went to Dog On It on Tower Grove Avenue, which is right across from Grace Meat and Three, to try their gourmet hot dogs and fries. And man, it's I I really I I'm not just being a hype man here. I can't stress enough how good these hot dogs were. Yeah.
0: I saw your picture looked really good.
2: I got not only this awesome hot dog that had red hot replets on it, which was St. Louis in every every single bite. Um, I also got fries covered in barbecue sauce and ranch dressing that stayed crispy the entire time I was eating them, which was some kind of like magic. dark. Yeah. yeah, it was like dark <laughs> hot dog magic. Um, but I just I can't recommend this place enough. Uh, if you two get a chance to check them out, you should. And if anybody listening gets a chance, it was really like one of those hidden gems that I just love to find. I'm definitely going to go there.
0: There's a place that closed during the pandemic called Dogs and Fries that was my go-to, which was up in fluorescent, kind of near the kitchen. But yeah, they were fantastic. I've been looking for a new place. So let's talk about the kitchen. So this
2: was my pick because it was getting all the right kind of buzz when it opened. It opened this past summer, and all the people that were talking about being excited for the kitchen to open were some of the best chefs in St. Louis. So you're talking about the minds behind Gorilla Street Food, behind whiskey and soba, like so many of these like people that I would trust to say this is going to be a really good restaurant were saying this is going to be a really good restaurant. So yeah. that's why I was like, guys, we should really... I know it's a, it's a little north in Florissant for us, but in and around St. Louis, we'll push those boundaries today and go up to Florissant for the kitchen. So I also didn't realize... That we weren't just talking about a new restaurant. We were talking about a St. Louis institution that I had no idea we were getting into. What this place used to be called was the Chinese Gourmet. It opened up on January 4th, 1984. Really? And has been, yeah, in okay. business in different iterations ever since in the same location. That's interesting. I, yeah, I also thought it was new.
0: I read reviews from people who thought it was new. But there was a place that was beloved before it for a long time. So that makes sense. Yeah.
2: So when I started looking into it, I saw all of these places asking, are you going to bring back the buffet? And it was like, what are you talking about? Bring back a buffet? It's a new restaurant. (laughs) So
0: maybe they meant just like in general, how buffets were popular in the 70s. And they're like, bringing it
2: back. Hey, I love a good buffet, but climate we're in right now. Plus food costs, that's what made them rethink Chinese gourmet from the family buffet that it had been for years and years and years into the kitchen that we all experienced on this most recent try. So the kitchen is the brainchild of two sisters, Kristen and Mary, who unfortunately their mother, who ran Chinese gourmet, passed away recently. So the two sisters got together and so saying, you know, it ran its course, COVID's shut down a lot of good restaurants. They said, let's rethink, let's retool, let's keep it going. So that's what they did. They shortened up the space. So what used to be their grand dining room is now going to be just a different retail space. But they kept part of Chinese gourmet and turned it into the kitchen. The kitchen, I'm assuming a nod to the space, used to be just the kitchen of Chinese gourmet. That's cool. Um you guys want
0: to listen to some yelp reviews listen
1: to them sure
0: <laughs> i told you i'm a little off today i'm sorry so it's a little bit hard to even find on yelp and all the restaurants i mentioned earlier are all Restaurants in St. Louis with "kitchen" in the title. Uh, try to cut me off. But there are like ten different ones that are like <laughs> John's Kitchen. There's one called Bros' Kitchen, and so interesting that they just went with the kitchen. It's a very bold move. I like it. There are only five reviews so far on Yelp, and it's five out of five. So Lindsay from Edwardsville, Illinois, said it may have been a 25 minute drive from Troy, Illinois. I thought she was from Edwardsville. <laughs> <laughs> It was so worth it, and then some. The kitchen has what I refer to as amazing, real Chinese food. The crab rangoon was the best. Fried rice had a lot of flavor and wasn't greasy. It was a perfect mix. Chicken lo mein was to die for. Pleasing a family of six isn't easy unless it's our family of six, and the kitchen has done that three times.
1: Kelly C. of Osage Beach, Missouri, also gave it five out of five and said, before I moved away from St. Louis last year, this space had been a Chinese buffet that my family adored. We were devastated when it closed. And when I came back to visit last week, I saw a sign in the window. So I Googled it and discovered that they're open. Um, Could not find a proper crab rangoon anywhere in the country and now I found more than that. The first day, I just got a lunch special with General So's chicken, Cantonese fried rice, an egg roll, and order of crab rangoon. Didn't finish it, but when I came back home, it was gone. My parents ate it, and they are so picky, so I knew it was good. Naturally, we called back and ordered half the menu a few days later.
2: Yeah, I was about to say, if somebody was complaining about the drive from Troy, I mean, Osage Beach, that's like two and a half hours to get Chinese food. Is it? Wow. Um, <laughs> they, they love it. All right. And Randall Hamilton of St. Louis gave it five out of five stars and said, I love their crab rangoon. I love it so much. I love the crab. I love the cheese. I love the fried exterior. Yes, we get it. We know how to make crab rangoon. Why don't I marry it, you ask? I might. I want to. I want to have a little baby with Crab Rain Goon. We'd name it Crabby Goon, and I'd love it until it grew up, and then it was ready to move out of the house, and then I'd eat it too. That's it. End of review.
1: (laughs) Is that the end of the review? We should get points for creative writing. I like that one.
2: Finish, finish the review, Travis. <laughs> uh, at the end, it says, also, I think Nick is the best host, which makes me question this entire review.
0: <laughs> That's interesting. Like, uh, clearly a fan of the podcast, but why would they even bother saying that on Yelp?
2: Huh. No, I think they're saying you would be the best host for their uh, surrogate Baby crab and
0: That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Experience.
2: Okay. Let's just get it out of the way. Who's going to complain about the drive to Florissant? (laughs) Well, I know it's going to be one of you two. Let's just get it out of the way. (laughs) I'll do
0: it. I'll do it. Um, (laughs) It's a drive. There's a park up that way, Sioux Passage, that I go to pretty regularly. And so I'm used to that drive. But the particular night that I went out there, just all the crazies were out. At one point, two white SUVs pulled out of a parking lot in front of me both turning right at the same time, almost hit each other and then swerved off in the, either direction. It was just nonsense. But anyway, it's not that far away. It isn't. It's, it's a 15, 20 minute drive. When I pulled in, I went just past it because you got to watch out because it's on the side. It's not facing the main street there. But I just was able to pull into the next parking lot and just walk over. I did takeout, so I was only in there for a minute, but they have a really nice, bright. Dining room feels very modern, Uh, not a whole lot of seating. And they were getting my order ready when I walked in, handed it off to me, super nice. And that's pretty much it.
2: Nick, it doesn't surprise me that they have the carryout game pretty well under wraps because I went and ate in and they were handing people carryout orders the entire time I was in there. I mean, it is a well-oiled machine. I mean, they constantly have people coming in from like, Doordash, from Postmates, whatever it was, like just a constant flow of people coming in to pick up takeout. Uh, funny story: a guy walked in and goes, uh, "Yeah, I had a takeout order." And they were like, "What's the name?" He's like, Well. Oh. And they were like, "We don't have that." And he's like, "I ordered it," and he he shows them his phone. <laughs> they were like, uh, "Sir, this was from two days ago. What?"
1: <laughs> You're crazy.
2: So I'm not sure if he went to take a nap and like yeah. limped into a coma for two days, but they were like, well, can we get you anything? And he's like, yeah, I'll do the same order. And then he added like three things. So I just love that he was so committed that he's like, well, I wanted it two days ago. And I still want it today. So let's do it. I Maybe mean, he's got
0: that short term amnesia that Drew Barrymore had and he just goes and gets that same order every single day.
2: Yeah, instead of dating Adam Sandler, he just goes in and gets the same takeout order every day. I think he won this game. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, you're right. It's a small dining room. There are about three or four tables, and that's all. So we went, we sat inside. We had a lovely experience. Everybody around was just talking about how good the food was the entire time. So we had a table of four talking about how much they loved everything. And then we had an elderly couple behind us who he endearingly read the entire menu of options uh, to his wife to let her choose what she wanted, which I just thought was the nicest That's thing. A very because it
0: long is, menu. It is
2: a big menu. <laughs> But uh, they were all super friendly, super nice. I felt like I was crashing a regular's place when I went there because everyone else just seemed so familiar with them that it felt like I was being let in on like this little secret.
1: Well, that part of town is terra incognito for me. So uh, we went at lunchtime and we did a late lunch so that we would not be, you know, in a crush of people. And it was perfect because there was nobody at any of the three tables and we'd planned to eat in after Traveling that far. It was clean, it was bright, very attractive space. And while we were there enjoying our late lunch, there were several takeout orders that were handed out.
0: The food. We were hungry when we ordered, and my wife and I just added like 10 things and tried to narrow down and cut things off of it. And then I was just like, you know, let's just have leftovers for a few days. So.
1: Yeah, you both posted a lot more pictures than than I have.
2: When Nick uploaded his pictures, I had to ask, like, it's not a buffet anymore, right? <laughs> you said it to me, but you uploaded pictures, and then
0: 30 minutes later, you uploaded more pictures. I know. Literally, I was like, did he go to another Chinese restaurant after those?
2: <laughs> uh. So- Okay. not only is the food really good, though, but I have to say it's really reasonably priced. Mm -hmm. And that's why we ended up like ordering. So, Francie, do you disagree with my reasonably?
1: I thought it was a little on the higher end of Chinese places that I usually frequent. And I attributed that to the price of food right now. Prices are up everywhere. Um, But also that some of their preparations are a little unusual since they're calling themselves gourmet Asian cuisine, they may be using um, higher level of ingredients than some of the kind of hole in the wall places that usually get carry out. Like from. the hot
0: dog
2: place.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so
2: for a main, you're looking at nine to $12, which I see where you're coming from there. I think what really got me was all the little sides and appetizers and desserts that they had in like the two to $5 price range. Cause I ended up getting like a St. Paul sandwich. I ended up getting an egg roll. I ended up getting the powdered donuts, the honey pineapple. Um, so it, you know, my wife and I just got two main courses, but we ended up surrounding it with just about everything else they had on the menu.
0: <laughs> we didn't get, oh no, we did get a soup, but then I think we got four
2: main courses. So we did the opposite. <laughs> So I think between Nick and I, we got the entire menu. To... <laughs> it's
0: possible, but it is a big menu. They do Thai, Vietnamese, and Chinese. There's a blend of stuff.
1: I would describe it as Pan-Asian.
2: Yeah, Pan-Asian, not the Cheesecake There's factory. enough breath. Uh, you know, they're not like also dishing out enchiladas or anything like that. Um, they they had pho, they had uh, lo mein, I mean, just everything like you could think of, including I got a St. Paul sandwich, which I haven't had a St. Paul sandwich the St. Louis staple in like 10 years. I'll do you one better than
0: that, Travis. I haven't had a St. Paul's sandwich in 40 years. <laughs> I had my first one there actually always heard about, but never tried. And so I was like happy to see that on the menu.
1: It is legendary.
0: Yeah. Uh, I don't understand why. Is, <laughs> do, you, do you guys have any history of that? Cause like, if you don't know, it's a fried egg foo young Patty, uh, which then you have your choice of, let's see, the beef, chicken, ham, pork, or plain uh, here at the kitchen. And then it's got lettuce, tomatoes, pickles, and mayonnaise on white bread. And so it just basically looks like fried pork sandwich on white bread. Is this for people who are dragged to a Chinese restaurant by their friends and they're just like only interested in a fried sandwich on white bread? Is that the idea?
1: I think the history of it goes back to the days when there really wasn't any authentic Chinese food in St. Louis. And there were a few like chop suey shops as they were known, kind of scattered around and they adapted. I I read an article about this in the RFT years ago. And these places adapted to Western tastes that weren't really familiar with. And it was was sort of like uh, a gateway Chinese food item. Yeah. that That there are people who maybe, you know, their parents used to get it or they grew up on it or they they've heard of it like you did for years. And so it was kind of fun that they had it on their menu. Um, but yeah, it's a throwback item.
2: So uh, the first time I got a St. Paul sandwich, it, it show I got it, uh, delivered and it showed up on white bread. And I was like, well, this has to be a mistake. I was like, they've <laughs> put this sandwich on the wrong type of bread. <laughs> uh, surely it's going to be like a, a hoagie or it's going to be like, I don't know. Yeah. Like some <laughs> very simple Plain white bread. Yeah, I think that's yeah. part of the charm of it, or something. So this time, I knew what I was getting into. But Hannah had never had a St. Paul sandwich, so I split it. I shared, um, and we each had our half. And can I just say, like, I I'm usually not a let's pile on the lettuce and tomato and pickle kind of guy, but
1: all those vegetables, right? <laughs>
2: Well, I just feel like I know what those things taste like. I want to taste like what you're actually putting on the sandwich. And so that's why I usually go that route. But I love that take. I know what those <laughs> things taste I've had lettuce before. <laughs> just give me the sandwich. Give me the goods. But it needed it. And it, like, balanced out that fried egg foo young. And I was like, okay, I had the opposite reaction, Nick. I was like, I get it. I get why this is so good. I get why people like this. So, like, that... Made me go from "I'll probably never order a St. Paul sandwich again" to like, "Oh, if I see that on menu somewhere, and I trust their cuisine, I'm I'm going for it." Yeah,
1: a convert.
0: Well, it converted me because I've already had a second one. <laughs> um, <laughs> I got one from Miley the other day, and it was great. Nice. I I got a pork one from the kitchen, and then I went with the special from Miley, um, which had shrimp, pork, and chicken, maybe.
2: There was a lot going on there, but it was good. So did anyone else get the Crab Rangoon? I mean, it was like in every review we read.
1: I know. I'm deeply regretting. I didn't get it because I knew you would for sure, Travis. And then after <laughs> hearing all these reviews, it's
2: like, oh, goodness. No, God. I. Uh, this is going to surprise you all, but I did not get the Crab Rangoon. What? what? That's a lie. I totally oh. got the Crab Rangoon. <laughs>
1: I mean, basically, I know what crab rangoon tastes yeah, like. you so
0: don't have we'll- to eat it. It's, it's just like
2: lettuce. Right. <laughs> well, you are wrong because I, so I thought that this was like really solid crab rangoon. They do a really good job of frying things, uh, which I think is kind of weird to say, but like it doesn't come out like overly greasy. Um, so I got those crab rangoon, and I was like, "This is really good. This is I'm I'm like looking forward to the rest of the meal." cuts of crab rangoon were solid. Hannah was like, well, those are like the best crab rangoon you've ever had, right? And I'm like, oh, really? And she's like, yeah, did you? Uh, She's like, I totally thought they were like the best crab rangoon I've ever had. (laughs) So uh, while I thought they were really great, apparently they were like top of the list for Hannah.
1: Hmm. So I'm going to say part of the reason I didn't get it is that in the description it says it's made with crab stick, not real crab Mm -hmm. so i was being a little bit of a food snob i've had crab rangoon made with crab and i thought why would i get it made with crab sticks so they must have some kind of great touch in turning it into a really scrumptious dish
2: so something that uh they were saying to a table next to me that i overheard while i was there is they've been using the same chef now for 20 years so Mm -hmm. if you can trust anyone to make a really great crab rangoon even out of crab stick Francie. I trust the guy that's been doing it for 20 years. But I do have to pivot to the egg roll because, man, this egg roll was wrapped in, like, thin egg roll paper. Not, like, the clumpy, like, bubbly egg rolls that you're used to getting from everywhere else. It was, like, thin and crisp, and you, like, bite into it, and it was, like, that perfect, like, crackly crunch And then the filling was like so fresh and delicious. I like took one bite of it and I I like quizzically looked at Hannah and I was like why doesn't everyone make egg rolls like this? It's just like why why would anyone use the like big floppy wonton when they could use this? I was thinking the same thing about crab rangoon actually that a
0: lot of times there's too much, it's too thick, the fried stuff. And same with egg rolls. If it's so much that you can't even enjoy the inside then it's just no good.
1: I will say the photos of those a girls, which I didn't get, but the photos on their website looked really good. Yeah. All the photos looked really good. Whoever they had come in and take pictures of the food so that you could see what these dishes are, did a great job.
0: Yeah. They only have about 50% of the menu with photography right now, but they are great pictures. I hope they're still adding
2: them because good to see that. And then we got the homemade dumplings. So they hand roll their dumplings. We got uh, chicken, we got them steamed and they were delicious. Like you could really taste the difference between that handmade uh, hand pinched dumpling. And then, you know, what you would usually get like out of a box that's just steamed real quick and thrown into a to-go container. Like this was thicker. It had more flavor and in, in the wrap itself that complemented the, the, Filling really well. So, um, that that's definitely a standout, definitely a go to. Talking
0: about dumplings, have you guys been following the very Asian movement going on? Well, with
1: Michelle Lee, the news cluster, yeah. yes. She yes. was on Ellen talking about her yeah. experience.
0: Yeah, she was. Interesting seeing this develop. She posted this Instagram story of uh, somebody who had called into the station, and over New Year's, uh, they did a segment where she was talking about New Year's foods that are popular. Um, just in general in America, red beans and rice, chicken, black eyed peas. Black eyed peas, that's yeah. Uh, things like that. And at the end of it, you know, she does like 30, 45 seconds talking about this with graphic on the screen. And yeah, at the end of it, she just did a quick thing saying that she had soup dumplings. Uh, she's Korean and that's popular in Korea. And somebody called in and complained about her saying that. And they sounded like an idiot. They said that she was being very Asian. Uh, and so, yeah, a lot of people reacted to this. It blew up on social media. I saw it on Yahoo News, like, the next day. And then it turned into this movement, and they're making T-shirts and doing the very Asian hashtag. And it's nice to see this, like, positive thing spin out of that. Um, and she was
2: on Ellen. It was uh, crazy. Yeah, that that was a, a hashtag a few times in the Kitchens post. So that, ma- that makes more sense. Thank you for explaining. Yeah. Did you get any other apps? Uh, no, we stopped at three. <laughs> okay.
0: We got the Tom Kha soup, which I became a big fan of after having it at the Bow when we did our one of our first episodes there, and it was very good. Uh, the broth was amazing. Uh, the it's got a lot in it, but there were like some large chunks of ginger and maybe maybe like bamboo shoots or something that just it was like. I'd hit a little point in it that I didn't like the texture of things sometimes, but it was still a really good uh, broth of coconut milk and it's like a spicy kind of sour soup um, and got that with tofu. Francie, did you get any apps or soups or anything?
1: Yes, we had the panko shrimp for an appetizer, which was beautifully prepared and fried and uh, had a nice sauce. I will say that I did notice they have a lot of um, breaded and deep fried items on their menu. Travis, you mentioned that they did a really good job with the frying. I normally steer away from fried foods in general, but um, I'd say these shrimp were beautifully done.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Hannah ended up getting the fa, and I'm pronouncing that right?
1: Correctly. Yes, <laughs> then, you are.
2: So uh, when it feels wrong that I'm saying it right. <laughs> so she got the pho and uh, she really enjoyed it. One thing that she noticed was a lot of the comments said that when they uh package that up to go, they package things separately so you can build it yourself. Things don't get all melted together, they stay fresh. She really enjoyed it. She thought the broth was really rich and flavorful. It was a cold night, so like that was like the perfect like warm-up for a cold night. Uh she is typically not a pho person. We've never been to like the the staple pho restaurants in St. Louis. But for whatever reason, this is what grabbed her attention out of, you know, (laughs) really any Pan-Asian item you could think of that's on this menu. She went with pho and she was very, very pleased with her choice. Um, She took it home and had it had it again the next day. Uh, She felt like it was even a great experience then. She was like, it was very different after everything had like sat together and like melded together. But she's like, it wasn't disappointing. It was still great. So Mm -hmm. um, that is something that I would typically like not gravitate towards. You know, we have like pho long and we have so many like great pho restaurants in St. Louis that when I go to somewhere that has just more uh, across the board Pan-Asian food, I would typically stay away from that and think, well, I'll go to a, a dedicated pho restaurant to get that if I want it. But she was saying that this is like definitely a great choice on their menu. So don't feel like, ah, eh, maybe I'll, I'll go towards something else. Like definitely give it a shot. Yeah.
0: Uh, Travis, we were just messing with you. It's actually pronounced faux. Uh, we just wanted to hear you say that wrong
2: 20 times. Is it really? No, no, no it's not. I'm, I'm messing oh, with you. You
1: that. want to say faux, <laughs> but it really is spot.
2: Yeah. yeah. Like every part of me wants to say pho. Yeah.
0: I still say pho. It's one of those words that I will argue has been Americanized and I'm okay being ignorant, but yeah, I skipped over that entirely. I do like pho a lot, but I'd like to get that next time. I saw a lot of reviews recommending it.
1: I did get a soup that was not an appetizer because I got it to go at the end of my meal. I had really wanted to try one of their soups, and I knew if I did, it was going to be too much food. So um, I got the wonton soup oh. and brought it home and had it um, the next day. And it held up, and it was really wonderful, beautiful flavor. The wontons were probably made you know, in the same manner as your potstickers were, Travis. Very well-formed, very flavorful, didn't fall apart, even though they were sitting in the broth overnight. So, yeah, I would recommend that.
2: So, Nick, was soup not one of the four mains that you got? No, it wasn't. (laughs) Um, The the one that I instantly wanted was the pineapple
0: curry shrimp, and that was very good. A lot of hot chili peppers in that. Uh, It was a little too much for me, but they're easy to sort out and still provided a a decent amount of heat just from being in there. That's uh, shrimp, pineapples, mushrooms, green peppers, jalapenos, and water chestnuts. And I got that with rice it was it was fantastic. other one that one that Angie got that ended up being one of the best things I think was lemon chicken, which I would not normally have picked. Mm-hmm. Didn't expect it to be like very sweet. It was like a lemon meringue pie it was so sweet. It tasted very similar to that uh I, I guess I was I had like a lemon pepper chicken very different flavor um, but they both have lemon and chicken in them <laughs> <laughs> uh, I loved it yeah.
2: Uh, The little sweeter touch on that lemon chicken, that's how it's traditionally prepared there, Nick. So it's not like this was their spin on it or anything. I've had...
0: Oh, no, I didn't think so. I just (laughs) had that in my head when she ordered it. Yep.
2: Lemon chicken is one of my go-tos at a lot of places. And so um, I'd be interested to try theirs. But yeah, it's always a little on the sweeter side than you'd expect from a lemon dish.
1: Yeah. Let me ask you about the first one you mentioned. In your pineapple curry shrimp, Did you actually have pineapple? Yeah, I did. Okay, because um, my friend David got the um, pineapple walnut chicken fried rice, which sounds great on the menu. It's um, wok fried rice, chicken, bell pepper, onions, and pineapple topped with walnuts. And it looked beautiful, but he could not detect the presence of any pineapple in there, not as a flavoring, not as an ingredient that you'd actually see. So we wondered if, you know, maybe they were out of pineapple and just forgot to mention that.
2: Did he ask for it without pineapple? Did not. Oh,
1: definitely wanted the pineapple.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I forgot to mention. Yeah, he he, hates pineapple. He's allergic. That's why he
1: didn't This is a guy that gets pineapple on his pizza. He definitely wanted the pineapple. That's
0: a good man right there.
2: Oh Well, how did he like the fried rice besides that? Because I got a side of fried rice. It's an upcharge, uh, but it is worth the upcharge because... I know. Otherwise, you know, yeah. he said it
1: was nicely prepared, good distribution of elements, sans pineapple and um, you know, good texture, good flavor.
2: It wasn't greasy. That was the exactly. like it stuck out to me so much is like I had this fried rice and I am used to you finish your fried rice and there's like a puddle underneath it and it's like, yeah, okay, whatever. But this was like really really well done fried rice. Like it had that the the fried like comfort that you're used to but without all the like gross dripping like i feel dirty for eating this kind of part of it
0: without the shame
2: yeah yeah it was fried without the shame and i <laughs> i feel like there are uh dishes throughout their menu and throughout our experience that i would put that same level on it's fried without the shame so um it it's just really great when you go somewhere and you're like oh when people first like came up with the concept of like deep frying, this is how they thought it would be prepared, not like, well just dump it in a bat of oil, pull it out when it looks brown enough and put it on the plate. Like this it it was it's that subtle difference that just shows a a level of skill and a level of like just caring about the food that you don't see everywhere. Yeah. Um, guys, this just in I got
0: a text from a uh, Angie V who says, don't forget our cashew decree because <laughs> we got cashew stir fry and she loved it so much that she made a decree, a proclamation that from this day, henceforth all stir fries must include cashews. <laughs> this is wow.
1: Yeah, okay. So I, Studied the menu in advance because it was so long. I wanted to try to narrow it down. And I had it to three things. I was going to get either the, the shrimp pad thai, the chicken cashew stir fry, or the item I actually got. But um, the chicken cashew was very, very tempting.
0: Yeah, it was good. I only had a little bit of that. But Angie absolutely loved it. And now we just you're not allowed to make stir fry without cashews. So that's a law. Okay. Wait,
2: wait. We can't mm. let Francie leave us in suspense. What What did you get?
1: <laughs> so this is kind of a crazy thing because it's possibly the least Asian item on the menu. It was in under their category, the Kitchen Classics, and they call it beef potato. And the description is stir fry beef and potato with carrots and onions in a marinated soy sauce. And basically, it's kind of like pot roast. And, you know, it was a really cold day and and... You know, I've had shrimp pad thai, I've had chicken cashew stir fry. So I thought I would try something completely different that they know what those taste like. Right, exactly. (laughs) And they they (laughs) consider this a classic for themselves. So I thought I would give it a whirl. And it was really, really good. I've never had potato in Chinese food, but very flavorful. The the marinade that they had it prepared in, um, really savory. And the textures of all the vegetables were great and the beef was tender. I, mean, it, I, I had leftovers, and I upgraded to the fried rice side mm. too, by the way, and um, so, you know, I dumped half of it together in a to-go container and had it the next day with my with my soup that I would brought in home, and it was really good.
2: So, we also studied the menu, and Hannah did extensive research, pros and cons. She mapped it all out. I opened the menu, and I saw something called bourbon chicken, and I was like, I'm getting that. Like immediately, that's what jumped out to me on the menu. And I was like, that sounds great. We went in and Hannah was like, I've got it narrowed down to about 17 items. <laughs> what would you recommend? <laughs> and the first thing they said was the bourbon chicken. And I just looked at her like, see, I knew do, I do what I was doing the whole time. Uh, I see why
0: you has got a sixth sense. Yeah,
2: I, I, I know what what's good on a menu, which is the like least helpful superpower in the world. But I got this bourbon chicken that is chunks of not fried chicken. You will all be surprised. It is grilled roasted chicken, and it is chopped up so you get some white and dark meat and then covered with this bourbon sauce that was just fantastic. It was a little bit sweet, just a touch of spice, but just uh, there were levels of flavor in there that kept me going back again and again and again, just trying to get that flavor profile and try to nail down what I was tasting. But a sign of a great dish is when you get to the end of it and you're like, but I, I wasn't done in my mind. And like, that's how I felt about this bourbon chicken. I let Hannah try it. Hannah was the same way where she was just like, that is, that is fantastic. That is a a different flavor than you're used to getting at at typical Chinese restaurants. Um, Paired that up with the fried rice and it was just a match made in heaven. Um, So I, I can't recommend that enough. I wish I would have taken some home because it was so delicious that I wanted it again the next day. Um, but I I went for it at the restaurant and I couldn't have been happier with my instant choice off that menu. Yeah. Talking about eating things the next day, it won't surprise you that
0: most of the stuff I got, I was eating the next day. The uh, St. Paul sandwich was the one thing that I like. I, I took a bite and I started to go to the other things and I realized like, you know, mayonnaise <laughs> on a white bread sandwich. I'm like, I'm going to finish this right now <laughs> while it's still enjoyable, but um, but everything else reheated uh, really well. And sometimes another day of, of gelling brings the flavor out some more. Uh, did we miss anything?
1: I didn't get any desserts, but I think Travis mentioned some.
2: I did. I So you talk about things melding together um, and tasting great the next day. Uh, at the end of our meal, our waitress jokingly asked, would you like anything else? After we had ordered half of the menu already, and uh, she goes, "We do have, um, we have donuts, and then we also have our honey pineapple." And Hannah goes, "We'll take both to go." Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Her waitress <laughs> was just like, "Oh, okay." So <laughs> she, we packaged those up. We had a couple there uh, of each, but. Was there a pineapple in that? Yes. That's where all your pineapple
1: was. That's where the pineapple was. Well,
2: it was a sacrifice worth making because these are pineapple chunks breaded and deep fried and then covered in sesame seeds with a pineapple sauce on top. They described them as pineapple funnel cake. It sounds good. It was so good. This is a game changer. Like you don't find this anywhere else. And it was fantastic. Like we ration them out. It's like, okay, you have four left. I have three left. Yeah. And then the donuts were those deep fried powder uh with sugar crystal donuts that you see on Chinese buffets all the time. Have you ever had those fresh?
0: No. Oh,
2: I have, yeah. Those are great. It it's like mind blowing how different they are when they're like hot and fresh and like freshly made instead of like grabbing them off a buffet. Mm-hmm. So good. It's a dessert that it's like, oh, well, this is why it's so popular because this is how it tastes when it's like fresh and new. So, Francie, if you go back to the kitchen or you see them somewhere else on the menu, it's a completely different experience like trying them hot and fresh.
1: Good to know. As far as the likelihood of a return trip, I have to say at almost 50 miles round trip, it's probably not going into my regular rotation if I just happen to have a craving for Chinese food, but I am not um, averse to making a special trip on occasion back up there because the food was all very good.
2: I feel like Francie wants us to reimburse her for gas. <laughs> <laughs> not happy,
1: you know, it was my little adventure. Having been housebound for so much of the COVID era, it was nice to, to take a little road trip up to Florissant.
2: Well, and it is close to a couple of creperies, narrow gauges up there. So it, it's definitely possible to make a day of it.
0: Man, you guys are acting like you have to like pack your horse with the rashes to <laughs> get to this restaurant. It's not that far. For me, it was like 10 miles, I think.
1: No, it literally was was close to 50 for me. I Round put on the trip.
2: Lay whoa.
1: Whoa.
0: <laughs> you also, your car can only make right turns. So that probably affected it. <laughs> I'll definitely be going back. I, You know, when I go to Sioux Passage, I the uh, dogs and fries place I mentioned, you know, that would sometimes be like my little bonus afterwards to go and get a hot dog. And so now I think it's going to replace it with the kitchen.
2: Well, I know it's like hugely popular for uh, like great restaurants now to open like multiple like basically be a local chain. Uh we're seeing that time and time again. I I hope the kitchen does that because the whole time I was eating there, I was just like why can this not be, you know, 15 minutes from my house so I can get this delivered on a Sunday night because this is so good. And um like finding a good go-to yeah. Chinese restaurant is like I don't know. It's, it's like the, the best thing you can find because it's just like what you want to order when you don't want to leave your house. And this was like the best version of that that I've had in a long time.
0: You know, I've never gotten Chinese food delivered in my entire life. What? Yeah. I haven't either. All I've ever had delivered is
1: pizza, basically. <laughs> what?
2: <laughs> Same. Pretty much just pizza. In years of doing this podcast, neither of you have said something more surprising <laughs> to me than that. Kind of look appalled right now.
1: <laughs> it's like my,
2: I really like can't wrap my head around.
1: <laughs> I just go get food,
0: yeah. I, when I, I want I it, usually do too. It doesn't even cross my mind. It's such a common thing, but like when I'm thinking about getting food delivered, I don't think of Chinese for some reason.
2: Uh, wow.
1: Well, well, and I will say, I do feel virtuous for having ventured outside of. Of the city and South City in particular for our podcast, I think it's
0: we're all proud of you.
1: A benefit to our to our listeners that we have widened our circle of, of a sphere of yeah, influence. Yeah. I guess we're
2: going to get another award for this. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I I always tell Hannah, I'm like I don't mind making the drive if it's worth the drive, and I'm I'm pretty comfortable saying the kitchen was worth the drive. I agree. Yeah. Well, that about does
0: it. Uh, thank you for listening. If you're not already give us a follow on instagram and twitter if you haven't reviewed us we'd love to get a review from you we actually i saw another review yesterday uh talking about how we don't know anything about food but we're fun to listen to so good they get it they get (laughs) you know tell us your favorite moment that we messed up a pronunciation But give us five stars,
1: please. Whether you're you're ordering for delivery or getting carry out or actually going to a restaurant, be sure and support your local restaurant.
2: And tell Mitch I said hi. I want to have a little baby with crab rangoon. We'd name it Krabby Goon. And I'd love it until it grew up and then it was ready to move out of the house. And then I'd eat it, too. That's it. End of review. (laughs)